I've been I've been gone for a week. It seems like a longer time than that, but uh, I've been gone for a week because I was invited to go to Las Vegas by the such a hard trip to make, you know, to Las Vegas. I was invited there by the Blue Lotus Group in Las Vegas, and uh, many of you know Amber, who's co who coordinates that group and does an incredible job, and. I came back feeling I had a wonderful, wonderful experience and met a lot of people. And I love the desert anyway. But uh, I came back feeling really how lucky, how really lucky we are here because we have uh, an abundance of teachers. <laughs> just, just the fact that we have all the monks we have in Crystal Lake, uh, it, which has given me the opportunity to do what I'm doing. But all of us, I, I think we just take it for granted how wealthy we are in terms of teachers. Um, they're, they're just hungry for teachers. I mean, they, they don't have, there's some Thai monks who live in Las Vegas. And I'm sure they're at their large ethnic community, so I'm sure they have large ethnic uh, uh, temples, other temples, and they have monastics but they're not teaching in English. So I always think of Las Vegas as being part of the West Coast, kind of having everything. And it's not exactly that way. They are, you have to be careful. You don't tell them that you think of them as the West Coast either, because it's not how they see themselves. But what I realized was here in the Midwest, we have a lot of, we have so much. There's such abundance of, not only teachers, but uh, Qigong, for example, is, is new there. There's some teachers, but it's very recently become something that people are having there. And we have lots of Qigong teachers, and we have access to that. So um, it, it just made me more and more grateful for what we have here, as wonderful as the people are there. So. Uh, that that was it was good to come home it wasn't good to come home to the weather here and how nasty it felt but um, it was really good to appreciate even more what we have and there Blue Lotus is a group of people they have their uh, nonprofit status as an organization but they don't meet weekly for meditation so they meet, they come together as a group when they have teachers coming into the area or where there's something that they can, they use Meetup and they use Facebook to let people know of what's going on. And so they, when a teacher comes, they kind of rally together and Amber coordinates different uh, yoga studios and different, a few other meditation groups that have lay leaders. <coughs> And they all get together and they all sponsor a time for the teacher to come and speak. So they have to work pretty hard for things that we just have, we kind of take it for granted that there's a meditation group we can go to, there's a, there are probably retreats. It's harder for them to find retreats and longer programs to go to. So, And sometimes they have famous teachers who may come into the area they were talking about Noah Levine, but those teachers cost a small fortune. You know, it's very difficult sometimes to to uh, get the price so people can afford to go to it because of their. Those teachers are usually building 
centers or doing doing big things so the prices that they charge are really high so uh, there it's we, we've got a we we should I think we should all feel really grateful for our Midwestern terrible weather and horrible winters to come and kind of let all that go and think about what we have right right in the present moment and we have each other which is the Sangha is really a good thing so uh, I thought about that a lot um, so that's all I have to say to know <laughs> um, we have precept ceremony next week and I had the I was lucky when I was in Las Vegas one of the groups that meets at a library there the, the group that's been they've been together for about 10 years they do their precept ceremony once a month with the full moon so they do, and, and it was a full moon, so they asked me if I would do that as part of my talk with them. And I really enjoyed that because it was very low-key, and people came and either participated or not, and they do it once a month, so they really renew their precepts on a regular basis. And that's more traditionally what Buddhists will do. They do the precepts maybe every time they're, they go to a temple, they do it at home in the morning, they do it with the full moon. It's just a regular part of their daily life. And we've, we've made it into an annual ceremony, and I think that's, uh, that's a wonderful thing, and we have a beautiful ceremony, and, it, and it's our tradition. But that's just our tradition. The precepts are really something that we should be constantly focused on and constantly aware of and um, I know we do we do with the first thing as Buddhist we do or take the three the, the three refuges that we take refuge in the Buddha and the teachings of the Buddha and the Sangha the fellowship of other like-minded people and that's our that's sort of our first initiation into whether you know, knew it or not, when you took those three refuges, you, you basically became a Buddhist. So <laughs> we don't say that too much, that that's a, but you did, whether you knew it or chose to do it or not. Um, and then we take the, the, the five precepts, and then later people choose to take the eight precepts, which are the lifetime precepts. And now we've upped the ante a little bit and have the ten the ten precepts, which some people call bodhisattva precepts. And basically the only thing that those precepts do, in my opinion, when we start with five and we go out, we're just expanding uh, in a more subtle level the way we're, we are using the precepts in our life. We're just expanding our awareness of the kind of ethical and moral behavior that we want to to have as we live in this world and interact with other people. And so the, the further we go with the precepts, it's just more thinking about it. It's more attentiveness to them. They're really, they're almost all one and the same. And uh, I found something that I thought, I really like this because also I've been, reading Karen Armstrong in her book 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life and she ta she always talks a lot about the great religious traditions 
and how they all spring from kind of the same core and they just went out different different cultures and different different ways teachers presented it but we're all coming from that same core essence of truth and uh, she talks about all great <clears throat> all great religions maybe even not so great religions but all religion all great religious traditions have the same core precepts same core values and the primary one is basically to treat other people the way you would want to be treated so it's the golden rule in Christianity so we're always working with um, behaving in the world so we respect other people the same way we respect ourselves and what we do in Buddhism we work with loving-kindness and we do that in our form of meditation every time we sit together we work with loving-kindness and we focus first on ourselves and that's because we don't know how to treat other people or how to interact with other people we don't know how to live that golden rule until we know how to treat ourselves so we if we if we focus on just how we treat other people but we're not focusing on how we treat ourselves we we get it backwards we can't we can't do it so when we when we practice loving kindness we have to always remember those qualities all of those qualities we develop need to radiate from within us out so if we don't have it within us we can't be radiating so what we want to do when we send loving kindness is to generate it first for ourselves and then that just will expand out that that same uh, quality that we develop for ourselves can just expand out and then that's the way that we interpret living that golden rule doing unto others as we would have them do unto us um, so we're always working with that then the other the precepts that we start with we recognize in all other traditions too but we know it's the principle of nonviolence which is no killing I mean that's the way we say it in our precepts if you're Hindu it's ahimsa which is nonviolence so that's uh, that's at the core and there no violence and every one of these you know think about it in terms of how you how you think about yourself in relationship to the precept how you honor yourself in terms of no violence towards yourself that even means being overly critical of yourself that means uh, never thinking you're good enough all of those are forms of violence to ourselves and then we have no stealing don't take things that aren't given to you don't take things that don't belong to you and lying and lying becomes when we go to the eight precepts lying becomes uh, no gossip no harsh speech and no what's the third one harsh a uh, malicious speech so when we go to the when we go out into the uh, bigger list of precepts we're just refining those qualities and we talked a lot about this in Las Vegas but the uh, you know the speech is absolutely the most difficult for most of us it's so much fun to gossip it's so much fun to 
you know, you have a juicy story about someone. I mean, there's nothing better, and I'll admit, I'm the first one to admit to that one. There's nothing better than having a great long chance to talk to a friend and you've got to figure out who, what so-and-so's doing and so-and-so's doing and how this, you know, it's fun. It's how we interact with each other. And it's also how we connect with each other. But these are the things we have to be really become more and more aware of. Um, when it goes over, it very quickly goes into gossip. And then if we have a little bit of uh, self-loathing going on in ourselves, it easily becomes jealousy and, you know, it easily becomes these other uh, qualities that we don't, that we're trying to let go of. So our speech we have to be careful with all the time. And then sexual misconduct, we're working to, we're working to, and this is absolutely one, if we honor ourselves and we treat ourselves with respect, then all of the intimate relationships we have with other people, will, we will, we automatically will begin to have uh, great respect and thoughtfulness, mindfulness about that. And then the last one is, um, uh, I'm in my head, is what? Oh. It's ref, uh, refraining from intoxicants and uh, drugs that make us be less conscious, that cause us to lose lose uh, lose our focus. So th these all seem like such simple, easy things, but I think we have to always be looking at how important they are and let them. For if one seems really easy for you, then look at it in its more subtle form. You know, look at it in, do I ever treat myself with disrespect? Do I ever treat myself with unkindness? Or do I ever, do I ever uh, hang on to old stories about myself? That's the same thing as, that's, uh, that fits in with the violence towards ourself and to, to not lying. You know, do I ever refuse to let go of something that I did in the past that I cannot forgive myself for? Or that I'm still thinking, yeah, I'm not really a good person because this happened to me in the past. It's part of our moral, ethical code would be to let go of those things. Because as long as we hold on to that, we're not going to be able to let go of things for other people, let go of those stories. And uh, this, is something, this is something that from a conversation between uh, the Buddha and his... his uh, uh, Ananda, the monk who was his cousin and also wrote all of the, the suttas or memorized all of the suttas from the Buddha's uh, teachings. And he asked the Buddha, what is the purpose of skillful virtues? And skillful, skillful virtues are our precepts. Uh, and he, said, he asked the Buddha, what's the purpose of them and what is the reward? What's our reward for these virtues? that we take on. And the Buddha said, the first is freedom from remorse. <coughs> that's, that's kind of number one. If you think about how much we often, in our heads, how much we're regretting things that we've done, maybe even just regretting something we said to uh, someone before we left the house, or we're in a hurry, so we kind of push someone out the door rather than you know that, so we're thinking later. Oh, that I shouldn't have. That that was kind of a crummy thing to do, and that didn't start the day off right. But our minds can be full of this. So the first purpose 
And the first reward is freedom from remorse. And what's the purpose of that? And the purpose of that is joy. <coughs> and the purpose of joy is rapture. And what's the reward and purpose of rapture? And it's tranquility. And the purpose and joy of tranquility is happiness. The purpose of that is concentration. And that ties right back into our, our meditation practice and our being mindful and attentive. And what's the purpose and the reward of concentration? It's knowledge and the vision of things as they actually are. And the reward of that is disenchantment and turning away and detachment. And the reward of that is knowledge and the vision of release as its purpose and its own <coughs> reward. So practicing those skillful virtues, those precepts, really lead to the ability <coughs> to achieve enlightenment. So living the precepts is not is not a no big deal thing. It's really it's it is absolutely the foundation of our spiritual practice. It's the foundation of living with other people and living harmoniously in the world. But it's but it is is the groundwork. It's a critical part of our own enlightenment. So uh, whether you take the precepts or not next week, really think about uh, think on a daily basis about how important they are. I think it's at 10 o'clock next Saturday. Am I right? 10 o'clock? So we'll do the precept ceremony, and it's usually upstairs. We do it, and there is a short meditation as part of it, but we do that upstairs instead of uh, our regular schedule. If you're taking them, you have to come early, I think, for a rehearsal. I think that's 9.15, if I'm not mistaken. Don't, and don't be nervous about it. I remember how nervous I was the first time. Just nervous. And you just knew you were going to be put on the spot and told to turn around and say something in Polly. And you hadn't really studied like you were supposed to and you hadn't finished reading the book. And, and you knew you were going to have to have it memorized. And it's not like that at all. So, And remember, it's something we should... It should, should just be our daily daily routine. We, we should just live... We're living those... Uh, virtues and those precepts so it's we do it as a ceremony to make it into a ceremony you know it's a made up thing but it's uh, it's it's meaningful when you do it